Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome to This Week in Production. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, recording this on location from San Diego, California. Before I get to this week's topic, I want to encourage you to send me your comments and feedback. Please email thisweekinproduction at gmail.com or call me on my Google voicemail. I'm not going to answer, but it's, it's a voicemail box that you can leave a message. 601-564-TWIP, T-W-I-P, 601-564-8947. Like I said, I'd love to hear from you, comments, suggestions, good, bad, or whatever. You want to yell at me? You want to tell me I suck? Please, I welcome it. Okay, let's get back to this week's topic. The question on everyone's mind is, should I buy an M1 Mac? So a few weeks ago, I bought the M1 Mac Mini, and I've been doing some testing with it as I teased a couple of weeks ago. This week, I did publish a YouTube video, and I also dropped it on the This Week in Production Facebook page, just about my results summary. I think for the most part, the people who have been testing these systems are just running benchmarks. In order for anyone to make a decision on a new system, you want to know how it's going to benefit you. And the way that I do that is I try to evaluate in time. For me, my value proposition comes from how much time is it going to save for me or what capabilities is it going to allow me to do that I can't do already. In terms of Final Cut and editing and working, I think the main benchmark for me is speed gained in And I'm not talking about benchmarks, not talking about arbitrary things in time. I'm talking about things that I need to do every day to accomplish my billable jobs, right? And I think that's a fair evaluation for any hardware for most professionals. Most of the videos I've been watching on YouTube are not that. They've been these benchmarks and they've been just opinions and, well, we think it's this, you know, that's not how I'm going to evaluate a system. So I did take this 16 gigabyte version of the M1 Mac Mini. I put it in my edit suite next to my Mac Pro. I bought an OWC 10 gigabit Ethernet adapter which is going to allow me to connect it to my shared storage. And that was how I was going to do a head-to-head comparison against the Mac Pro. Because if both systems are connected to the same storage, the media is coming off the same storage, that was going to be a fair evaluation. I think the SSDs in the new M1 Mac Minis are fast, faster than probably what's in my Mac Pro. So that, I didn't want to skew the benchmarks with, you know, faster read-writes on the disks, so I tried to benchmark it to a standard. Now, unfortunately, the Mac Pro is faster in read-write speeds on 10 gigabit Ethernet than the Mac Mini. I'm not sure why that is. It could be optimization. It could be the way that the 10 gigabit adapter interfaces to the M1 silicon. 
I mean, it works fine, but the Mac Pro is about 33% faster just in read speeds on the. So keep that in mind as I talk about some of these speed gains in the tests, because even though the Mac Mini is handicapped in some of these tests, it was faster. So maybe it would be even faster when you're running on an internal SSD. Just a couple of workflows that I did test, and it's the stuff that I'm doing now in, in the COVID you know, era, right? So for me, I do a lot of remote Zoom recording. We call it remote content acquisition. We'll do a presentation over Zoom or a conversation amongst two or three people. We'll let the Zoom do the cloud recording. We get the gallery view. It's a 1280 by 720 H.264. And then I do a screen record in ProRes at 1080. So I take those two files and I multicam them. I edit them. I upload it to Frame.io for review. And then we publish it out to a uh, format for LinkedIn Live. It's another H.264 file that's capped at around 6 megabits. So that was the first workflow that I tested. And what I did was I imported the media. I let Final Cut run the optimization on import. I also let it run proxy just so I could see if we were really getting any speed gains on the uh, render. And then I would do an edit. So just on that ingest part where both machines are ingesting the clips, making optimized media, and also making proxy at H.264 50%, the Mac Mini, even though it has a handicap in reading off the SAN, was still 36% faster than my Mac Pro. That was pretty impressive. So I do the multicam edit. I spit out a 45-minute piece and I send it to Frame.io using the automated tools in uh, Final Cut. The Frame.io export, which is usually the first step in my approval process, the edge was slim, but the Mac Mini, again, was about 6% faster. And like things being like, the upload speeds, the read speeds, everything was the same on the sand. So 6%, not a huge deal. But the fact that it's keeping up with the Mac Pro and it's actually still faster is impressive. Next, I wanted to test another camera codec and see if that would impact anything on the speeds. So I have a brand new Panasonic CX350. I've been using them on these virtual golf events. They, they run on the glide cam. And I took a clip. I imported it to Final Cut. Again, I did the optimized media and I did the proxy uh, H.264 at 50%. I imported that same clip into both files. It was a 20-minute clip. The Mac Mini was 90% faster, so almost twice as fast on ingest and optimizing than the Mac Pro. So 22 minutes almost for the Mac Pro and just about 11 minutes for the Mac Mini. That's impressive. I also did a quick test on some HDR footage that I shot on my iPhone 12 Max. And I thought this might be one of those things that was optimized for Apple Silicon because the Apple Pro team went to extra lengths to demo this at the Final Cut Creative Summit a couple weeks ago. 
And I wanted to see if that was indeed something that would be lightning quick on the Mac mini Apple Silicon with the phone. So I shot about six clips. They were pretty long, about 15 minutes each. Shot them on the iPhone 12 Pro Max, imported them into both systems using the Optimize and the Proxy. Again, the Mac mini was about 90% faster. So consistently on import optimization and proxy rendering, the Mac mini was basically twice as fast as the Mac Pro. So what does this mean? Like to me, it means that the Mac mini on Apple Silicon is definitely something to try to work into my workflow. It's not ideal, it's not the ideal system. It's not the ideal pro system for me. But I do think I can put this system to work right now. Since I do have shared storage, I'm looking at using this system as an ingest and rendering solution where I start the project on the Mac mini, ingest the footage, optimize the clips, let that go really quick, close the library, open it on my Mac Pro, which is connected to the same shared storage network, and then edit on my double screen 6K XDR displays, the system I like to edit on with all the screen real estate, do my edits, and then close the project, open it up on the Mac mini, do my rendering. I mean, that has some advantages in just terms of multiple projects and being able to work, but it also is going to save me time. Now, do I need to do this? No. Will it help me get my work done faster? Yes. And for me, that is a good combination where I can spend a little bit of money, but I can get the work done faster. And the faster I can do the work, the more I can bill in a day. So that is how I evaluate the system. And the system is a win. Again, in a perfect world, there would be a Mac Pro version of Apple Silicon that I could buy today. And maybe it would have everything I would need to do what I need to do in one system. That doesn't exist. Am I upset by that? I'm not upset by it. Am I concerned that my Mac Pro may be a dinosaur? I am a little optimistic that Apple has a master plan for this. That might be naive of me. Maybe I'm drinking too much of the Apple Kool-Aid. But I do think there will be some way that Apple will say, okay, here's a processor swap for your Mac Pro. You take out the Intels, you pop this card in, you now have Apple Silicon, you've got all the stuff you want, and you know it's good. Or Maybe it's not. Maybe it's like, well, that machine is built on an Intel logic board and it's only going to work on Intel processors and it's, you know, going to be supported for three more years, four more years, and then it's going to be end of life. I don't know how to evaluate that yet. If I'm still able to use the system and make money with it for five years, I'd say, no, it's not a waste of money. If the gains in these new M1 Macs just clearly outshine the Intels, which they are. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It is the future and it does look bright. But if I only got one more year out of my Mac Pro, I might not get that full return on investment that I had been hoping. I know many people are trying to evaluate whether the M1 Mac is right for them. 
And obviously every case is different. And I think every workflow is going to be different. And it depends on what you're doing, what you're needing to do in everyday editing, and will it benefit you? I can't answer that because I haven't tested the system under every single scenario workflow. I have heard that some people have been putting things like graphics and 8K clips, multiple layers, and it is not as fast on the Mac Mini. That's not my universe. That's not my workflow. So for me, that doesn't have a bearing. If that's your workflow, it may not work out for you. A listener sent in a question. My trusty Mac Pro is reaching the end of its run. I don't know which Mac Pro that is. I'm guessing maybe the old cheese grater or maybe the 2013 trash can. I'm not sure. My plan now is to replace it with an M1 iMac next year. So that, of course, doesn't exist yet. I'm trying to figure out if I'll need a fast external work drive. I think that's always a good plan to have a fast external work drive. He says, I'm planning on using a NAS for project storage, but use either the internal or a Thunderbolt SSD for work. Um, in general, I think it's a bad idea to use the internal drive for media storage. I mean, it's not that it won't work. I just think that it's a dangerous scenario. The common wisdom is to have your boot drive, your internal drive, just for system and system resources. And then to have a media drive or multiple media drives or a RAID for your media access. And the main reason is that if you fill up the boot drive, you start to have performance degradation. Now, again, I don't know if that's the same way on the M1 Max because the architecture may be different. What I would recommend for a work drive is a very fast NVMe-based system. I'm using something called a NetStore um, Thunderbolt 3 M2 SSD storage device. It's a small aluminum chassis. It'll hold four NVMe blade drives. You put them in, you RAID them as zero, and you get extremely fast rewrite performance. And because it's a solid state media, I'm not too concerned about having a RAID zero to hold my media. It wouldn't be the place where I kept the only copy of the media just in case you lost a blade because then you'd lose the whole array. But the speed gains are what is going to make Final Cut or your edit platform snappy on playback, on waveforms, on thumbnails. I get over 3,000 megabytes a second read-write performance on this device. So it's very fast. And there's lots of choices in that vein of these external... NVMe boxes. You can configure them uh, in single blade, multi-blade. They're not always the cheapest, but they are definitely the fastest. So what I would do is I would have a very fast work drive based on a SSD NVMe setup, and then I would use either a spinning disk like Pegasus from Promise or a network attached storage. I have a small tree 16 drive system that I can use over 10 gigabit ethernet. Those are great for archiving, workflow, storage, backup, even editing. But again, you get max performance by having something with high read writes. 
So I would recommend using a setup like that, not using built-in storage, even though the capacities are getting bigger. I just don't like it. Again, your mileage may vary depending on what you're doing and what you're needing to do, but my advice would be use external media. And my advice on an M1 Mac is if you're curious and you have the money, experiment, see how it works in your workflow. That's the only way to truly determine if it's worthwhile for you. But at $1,000 for a Mac Mini or a little bit more for a MacBook Pro, it's not an expensive gamble. And if it speeds up one part of your process, maybe it's worthwhile. I will be picking up a 13-inch MacBook Pro for the purpose of testing Adobe Premiere. I'm in California for two weeks on a job. I do have some downtime. I didn't bring the Mini with me, so I can't test it on that. But I am going to take some time next week and test this new laptop specifically with Premiere and the Adobe Suite and see if that runs faster than the Intel-based variations. They are running under Rosetta 2, which is emulation, but from what I've heard, it is very fast. There's almost no performance loss, but we'll see. So stay tuned for that on an upcoming episode of This Week in Production. And if you want to see the full results of the speed test with some slides, check it out on the This Week in Production Facebook page or on YouTube. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on this week in production. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.